0: What's up everybody, welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, my name is John and this is r slash Tales from tech Support. Figured I'd change the camera angle just a little bit today because, uh, Diamond decided that's where he was going to nest for a couple hours, so let's see if he'll stay through the video. You didn't want to do that. A bit of background. I used to work in computer operations for a large UK bank, long before IT existed, then moved into special projects which included the newly formed automated operations team. So one thing I was asked to do was to come up with a mechanism to facilitate a secure link between file transfers and the job scheduler. The job scheduler, as the name implies, schedules batch jobs, bundles of programs to process data. And sometimes you had to tell the scheduler when the data was available to be processed. I worried over the problem for a while, then came up with a solution. The file transfer process could have a step added to issue a tailored message once the data had successfully been delivered. Then automation could catch that message, parse out the file name and the name of the target job scheduler. Yes, we have more than one. What fun. And tell the scheduler, hey, here's your data. We did this by running a little batch job, which, this is the secure part, logged on to the scheduler using a password held in a restricted access file. So this worked a treat for years and years and years. Then the team that owned the library where the little job lived, the same team that had requested the automation, had a staff turnover and lost the documentation I'd written for them. And someone thought, what the F is this wee job doing here? But they didn't think about it too hard because the comments right there in the code said what it did, and also who wrote it, and yet they never did ask me, in the same open plan office, before deleting it. So yeah, suddenly file transfers were still happening, but the job scheduler wasn't seeing them, and all hell was breaking loose, and there was nothing to indicate what was causing it apart from the repeated highlighted alerts that my wee job was file not found. A complete mystery. So on hearing the commotion, I had a wee peek at the logs and asked why my wee job had been deleted. Sorry, saying wee over and over just gets me. Wee! Oh, we couldn't figure out what it did and it didn't seem important, so should we reinstate it, do you think? That might help, I cheerily replied while trawling the logs to find the missed file names and passing them to system operations so they could post them manually. What a fun wee little story. <laughs> Something about that word got me. Uh, I'm a 12 year old. So why would anybody, and I don't care where you work, what your, your seniority level is, whatever, how new you are, how old you are, why would anybody think that it's appropriate to just say, hmm, what does that do? Delete? Uh, really? Like, no, no, you don't just, you don't just start deleting files and I don't know. It's just dumb. At the very least, I mean, even if I owned the company and I didn't know what something did, I'd ask, like, Is this important? Like, what should we do with this? I don't understand what it is, what it's doing, why it's there. Uh, Yeah, just start deleting stuff, it's amazing. Printer shenanigans. Yesterday, one of our network techs asked for my help with getting a printer mapped to some employee's computers because we still do some things the old school way. The printer was on our default VLAN. He moved it to our printer VLAN. I remote onto the customer's computer, try to map it, but I can't reach the IP address. I can't ping it, so I tell her I'll be over after lunch to look at the printer. I get to the office and need to be let in. So I explain that to the first employee I see, and she asks if I'm there to fix her printer. She's not the customer I talked to earlier, but I offer to look and see what's going on. It was working this morning, then it stopped all of a sudden. I don't see the printer at all on her computer. I print a configuration page and notice something weird. The second printer has the IP of the first printer that the network tech tried to configure this morning. So I call him and explain what's going on. He's just as confused as I am. He asked me to get the MAC address of the printer one so he can make sure everything on the network side is correct. I send it off to him. He says he'll get to it after his lunch. While I'm over there, I try and set printer one to DHCP as it's supposed to pull from however the port is configured. I'm not finding that operation for whatever reason and decide to manually input the IP on the printer. I let both customers know what's going on and that I'm just waiting for the network tech to do his thing to fix all of this. Later in the afternoon, he lets me know he set up the IP for printer one. So I try it again. Printer 2 is still getting the wrong IP. I call the customer and ask her to turn off Printer 2 while we figure this out since she can't print anyway. I send the Mac an IP that Printer 2 originally had to Network Tech. He says he'll look at it in the morning since it's nearing the end of the day. This morning I get a call after I get in. Network Tech has reverted all changes and put both printers back on the default VLAN. Because he noticed years ago someone set it up that way and since we were having all sorts of problems he changed it back that way. He got Printer 2 set up for the customer but it still wasn't printing. I remote on and take a look, every application is prompting her to save as PDF, I'm very confused because I've never seen this despite a lot of experience with printers. Obviously we restart first and it's still happening afterwards. Even printing a Windows test page does it, so the problem is at the driver level. I poke into the driver settings and see it's using Adobe PDF as the driver, instead of the HP Universal driver. Finally we test print and it's working again. Network tech then asks me to call him when I have finished with the customer. He asked me to come over because he can't figure out how to manually set the IP address back to what it had before. This is an HP LaserJet 4000, and while there's a screen and buttons, it's not obvious how to navigate the menus properly. I walk across the street because I don't quite know how to walk him through it over the phone. When I get there, he's figured out how to print a configuration page and made some progress with the menus. I show him how to manually set the address. We reboot and confirm it's pulling the correct IP now. We asked the closest customer to print something and when she does all of her previous documents that were stuck in the queue print out first thing i would have done was clear the print queue because uh, it's going to waste paper they probably already had i don't know maybe not but i would have cleared the print queue anyway because i'm impatient like that also i've had things come it wasn't really a driver issue but somehow there are certain programs that were setting my stuff to try to default to save as pdf instead of print I don't even remember how I fixed it, it's been years, but uh, there was a simple menu on any, I mean, I've had Canons, HPs, you name it, and uh, never had any problem with that part. biggest problem I've ever had is uh, Wi-Fi access, sometimes even the wired networks with our printers, but uh, yeah, printers can be fickle. Just leave it at that. Please get your dates correct. I work as the head of manufacturing unit making auto parts in the East. We received an email from our IT department to the effect of on 82723 there will be a software update so please prepare. We were happy to get a lead time because there's molds all over the place working at different speeds and with separate requirements. Yesterday was 72723 and IT comes down to the floor and goes, "We're here to update the systems." They obviously got told no. There's molten metal flowing in different areas. Processes can't be stopped, etc. But the VP of IT ordered the update to be done anyway. Turns out they should have listened to us. An entire production line down, with parts being scrapped for good. Two shifts working overtime to clean up the mess. The best part, though, is that I'll be promoted to VP of Operations. All VPs report directly to the board, except one who now reports to me. Can you guess who? Another big fish in a little pond, man. Guy trying to throw his weight around and, you know, act like the big shot. Well, you know, first of all, Y'all got your dates wrong. Logically, you got to give us a little bit of lead time. Even if you want to come do it tomorrow, you got to give us, you know, notice. Give us some proper time to be able to break everything down and stop all the processes and not have any wasted materials and man hours and whatever. It just seems to me like, it just seems to me like there's so many inept people making decisions these days. It's, uh, it's mind boggling. And the cat's still here. Guess he's happy there. Silly joke scares the company out of saving itself time and money. I worked at a small federal government contractor. Our main office was two states away from D.C., where most of our customers were located, due to cheaper cost of living. We did have a small office in D.C. for when we needed to interface with customers quickly and directly. Due to government requirements, our project proposals usually needed several binders full of papers, and it had to be physically delivered to an agency address by a certain day and time. Our company tended to massage its proposals up to the last possible minute, resulting in overtime hours, getting the binders together, and then expensive overnight shipping. Owner complained about our proposal expenses during a project meeting and asked us for ideas. I suggested that instead of printing the paperwork and stuffing it into binders at our main office and then overnighting it all to the customer, we could instead send all the paperwork as electronic files via our network to our DC office, where they could print it out and assemble the binders and deliver them locally. Our DC office already had the resources to do all of this, and an added bonus was one of them could deliver and get a sign off that our proposal was physically received on time at the right place, which the overnight courier didn't always achieve. All we would have to do was call the DC office ahead of time so they would know what was coming and they could plan out the work. We could even print our papers directly on the DC office's printers, so we could eliminate the steps necessary for them to receive and open files. Owner was skeptical of this, so I showed him. I called the manager at our DC office and told him that I was going to send a printout to one of their printers. And then I sent, hello, this is from X office. Instead of X, I used the airline industry's three-letter designator for our nearest airport, which is how we often identified ourselves. Apparently, that DC manager did not inform his secretary, who was startled to see her printer start printing out our message. While still on the phone with that manager, I heard her exclaim, where did that come from? My joke, I sent another message saying, a ghost is in the machine. The secretary freaked out, and the DC manager got irate and convinced the owner that this was a bad way to use technology. Actually, he was lazy and didn't want to have to physically put these bids together and deliver them. So the company continued to spend lots of extra money assembling and shipping overnight reams of paper on bids that they only won about ten percent of the time. <laughs> so, oh my god. So, okay, it's a little joke. the 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 point was, you were. You're proving your point about being able to send print jobs directly to their printer in the DC office. I I can't believe the owner was that gullible that he was going to listen to this other DC guy and not really truly see the fact that this was both a time and money-saving thing. So, I don't know. People are like printers. Fickle. Mm -hmm. Self-defeating warranty claim. Back when the first 3D accelerators arrived on the market, overclocking them was a pretty common sport, and as expected, it voided the warranty. I worked in a computer store that sold everything a DIY PC builder would need. We had a dad and his teenage son visit the store and buy top of the line graphics card. They were told at the cashier that overclocking voids the warranty. About a month later, they're back. The card is now dead. The hardware guy from the back room is called to examine the card there, but he doesn't see anything conclusive. The dad is asked if the card was overclocked, and he says no, so the warranty case is started here. As the salesperson is writing the papers there, the hardware guy turns to the kid and says, so how fast did it go? The kid's face lights up. 300 megahertz! He yells triumphantly. Can't remember the exact clock speed. It was, however, noticeable overclock of the original. There is this very quiet moment where everyone just looks at each other. Some amused, some less amused. One teenager in complete shock. (laughs) He was so proud of how fast he got it to go that uh, he let the cat out of the bag. Oh, no offense. And for these next two stories, uh, we're, we dug back into the Tales from Texas Support Archives way back to 2011, 2012, somewhere in that range. I think it'll even say on one of these slides. But uh, yeah, we're going to use these next two stories to fill in. And I think they were kind of cool anyway. So why not? Let's uh, let's look back a few years. Most epic rage quit ever from W 12 years ago. I called this guy and he told me to stay vague and I can post. So here it goes. I was working a contract for a mid-sized company. One of the company's in-house guys had gotten the same ticket about, he says, 50 times. The ticket was for a broken server. Broken server in this case meant that a certain middle manager had unplugged his network cable and was tethering his cell to stream bad pictures and videos off the network and had forgotten to plug it back in. After weeks of the nonsense and filing reports with the higher-ups about unapproved sites and inappropriate content and having nothing happen so much as a memo to do anything about it, he got the same ticket again. Allegedly, he walked into the guy's office, threw the laptop out the window, relatively high up and window closed, <laughs> flipped the desk with the guy still behind it, cracked the boss in the head with a mouse, spun it by the cord, and sharpied something about the bad pictures on the front glass on his way out. Basically, he allegedly lost his shit completely and went ape on everything in the room. Uh, who's the he? Were they talking about the guy that got caught doing what he wasn't supposed to do? or? Were they talking about the guy that was dealing with all this crap? I don't I don't know. I don't understand. I kind of lost something in the translation there. But either way, it had to be kind of scary at first uh, if you were there. But afterwards, I'm kind of sure I would have laughed at the, the sheer magnitude of this guy's balls destroying an entire office just to quit. Um, I mean, I've thrown a couple of things before when I quit jobs, but never to that extent. <laughs> Throwing a laptop through a closed window. <laughs> Here's another oldie but goodie from 12 years ago. Windows 7 is what everything connects to in my Alienware. Backstory. In 2009, this guy bought a $4,000, oof, Alienware dedicated gaming machine. He decided to get all the TACT-X hardware, which includes a $100 wired mouse and a $100 wired keyboard. He uses a console for gaming because without a gaming PC, how will I use my Xbox 360? Lol. He uses his computer for nothing but web browsing and Microsoft Word. He comes to me for tech advice. Him. Yeah, so my Alienware gaming PC has been freezing up on me lately. It's a power supply problem. Me. How do you know it could be the power supply? It's probably a hard drive failure or a bad driver. Him. I know it's the power supply because for every month a computer exists, the power supply destroys 50 watts more. Me. Uh, no it doesn't. I don't know where you heard that. Him. My uncle said it and he was a master in 1998, so he's right. Me. Technology has changed since 1998. A ton about the computer's innards are completely different. Him. Lol, what are you talking about? The computer plugs into Windows 7. That's how it's always been. Are you stupid? Me. No, it doesn't, and don't call me stupid. Everything in the computer plugs into the motherboard, and the motherboard reads Windows 7's instructions. Him. Well, when it freezes, the keyboard's still lit up, so it obviously is a power supply problem. Trust me, you don't know what you're talking about. Trust me. Two days later. Me. Are you getting BF3 for PC or console? Him console you stupid the graphics are so much better you call yourself an it guy well yes i call myself an it guy because that's what i have certs in okay i don't know anything about what that guy was talking about with power supplies and stuff maybe that was true maybe it wasn't i don't know i mean everything once it starts running has a shorter lifespan automatically and it gets less and less and less time as it goes on but the sheer arrogance to sit there and argue with the it guy when this guy is at most a hobbyist and uh Doesn't sound like he really games that much anyway, even on his console, so. Uh, And I know this was 12 years ago, but still, uh, yeah. Anyway, you guys will let me know down below for sure, because you guys are way smarter than I am, which is cool. I'll read stories, you guys fill in the gaps. It's a perfect relationship. All right, guys, thanks for sharing a little bit of your day with me today. If you've enjoyed these stories, you know what to do. And even if you didn't, you still know what to do. And oh, by the way, you still watch the whole video, so thank you all right till the next one we'll see you